everybody. This is Katie. And this is Jake. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Nobody panic. It's Valentine's Day. I'm panicking. And we're giving Kimberly the week off. I'm filling. She's fine. Everything's okay. She will be back soon. But for now, we have Jake. And if you don't know Jake, Jake is our third co-host on A Date with the Bake, which is the other podcast that we do about the Great British Baking Show. And if you didn't know about that, now you know. Yeah, I'm around. You can find me. He's here. And I'm very excited because he will talk about these really well-known cases with me. And this is a very well-known case. If you can't tell by the title, we're talking about Jody Arias. And I did not know anything about this going in. So yeah, that's I wild. know very little about it, even after having watched the episode. But this is a huge hit case. You can tell by the episode. that Right. I mean, no, I know. I have the zeitgeist awareness where it you know, mm-hmm. pops up in your feeds and stuff. And you're like, oh, yeah, something's going on there. But I didn't know mm-hmm. any specific details. I feel like I know too many details. I know yeah, too much. So I'm going to be giving you some of my knowledge today. Okay. That's how this is going to work. I'll take it. And I also feel like it's appropriate because it's Valentine's Day and Jody Arias is America's worst girlfriend. Is that official? Is she the worst? The worst. You're the worst. Do you remember from Parks and Rec? <laughs> oh, John yeah, that's right. John Raphael Zapperstein. Yeah. Okay, anyways, let's get to it. This is Along Came Jody. We are season 21, episode 36. First aired on May 10th, 2013, covered by the perfect person for the job. That would be Josh Mankiewicz. So this is like almost immediate, at, like during the trial, because the trial is 2013 as well. I think this is right after we get the verdict. Okay, gotcha. Right. So um, no sentencing, but there's a... The guilty verdict. Unfortunately, I'm a little confused because at the end, at the very, very, very end, right, we're getting updates from 2019. Mm-hmm. Th- that this just may be one of those datelines. It happens occasionally where they right. go back in and add. That makes sense, especially the if they're bringing you a dusty classic from the year 2013 in the rerun schedule. They might update a case or a story to make it a little fresher. That is true. And one has covered this case. And I should say right now, if you're interested in the specifics of the Jody Arias case, literally, I think every true crime podcast has covered it in some way, shape or form. We're focused mainly on the Dateline episode, which covers the trial. Of course, we're covering the Dateline. But it's focused heavily around the trial, and they sort of go very quickly through the crime. Mm-hmm. The reason that this came back into my mind was because there's a new Lifetime movie called Bad Behind Bars, Jody Arias. It's a full-on Lifetime right. reenactment of what she's been doing behind bars. but actually, Which sounds like a lot. It's what she was doing behind bars while she was awaiting trial. Right. That's interesting. Oh, well, definitely, yeah. And this other thing called Jody Arias cellmate secrets. Mm-hmm. That was the most interesting outside information I okay. saw because okay. it's her two prison roommates. So they're three to a room. That's interesting. They were not. So they were it not. was she had um, one and one. She had one was her one was her roommate and the other one was that woman's girlfriend future wife. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, they were sort of a triplet in okay. prison. A trio. I see. 
Okay, gotcha. They have a lot of really interesting insight into how she is not when she's being interviewed on a camera. Yeah, I see. Okay. Which I feel like is very different. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get started. Let's okay. do it. We start our episode with a foreshadowing of something that's to come later. It is a woman on the witness stand with medium brown hair. That's the technical term for a mild brunette. Mm. She has bangs as well. They need to be brushed. And then she has glasses. She has glasses, brown hair, bangs. It's basically if you were to look up a plain Jane in a dictionary, that's what she looks like. And it seems to be on purpose. And the woman on the stand with the brown hair, also known as a brunette, is admitting to stabbing a person named Travis Alexander. She's also hiding her face with her hair very deliberately. You can't really see her full face. And Josh Mankiewicz tells us that the Jodi Arias trial never played as a murder mystery. And this is, of course, because Jodi admits in court openly that she had stabbed and shot Travis Alexander, her, quote, secret sex partner as well as her ex-boyfriend. So Josh wonders then why so many people were so engrossed with this trial all the way to the very end. I wonder the same thing. Mm -hmm. Because they're even gathered, like there's huge crowds when the verdict is read. There's reading all the latest updates and having Google alerts, and then there's taking the day off from work and going to stand outside a building. That was OJ. (laughs) That to me is what I mean. OJ, people right? did it OJ. for this too. Yeah. I mean, people do it all the time for all kinds of trials. So I would say this is more on par with Casey Anthony. Mm-hmm. The level that makes sense of, to me. Yeah. Because ne- none of these people are celebrities in any way, right. shape, or form. I, I sort of understood OJ and I sort of understood Depp v. Heard, mm-hmm. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Right. Because these are. Famous people. Pre-existing celebrities. Mm -hmm. And so people already go in feeling like they know them, because that's how people are with celebrities. Well, and the OJ thing was a little different, because there was no internet, so it was just like, what is the TV telling me? Oh, Um, interesting. You know what I mean? So you just kind of got your couple of different news sources now, maybe they have slightly different voices, but you're not, you're looking at like four different news sources, not infinite, right? Not now, where it's right, exactly. Um, and the whole of YouTube is filled right. up with the like TikTok diagnosing Amber Heard with sure. everything under the sun by people who are not doctors. But like we talked about earlier in another episode that the TikTok sleuths are throwing all their weight and their help behind investigations and stuff. Whether or not that's a, a helpful or, you know, positive development is up for debate. Are they called the TikTok detectives? <laughs> uh, no, but that's pretty good. TM, please don't you steal that. I will that. find out. It's I'm TikTok. not on social media, but someone will tell me. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be good. So what? It's just like three minute crime solving. You just do it really quick. And while doing a dance and putting on makeup, like you're applying foundation, dancing and solving a crime. No, there's like a, you, you got, you've got a song in the background and you probably make a statement and then there's some kind of text on it and maybe it cuts a couple times and it's all in total like 15 seconds long. That's and terrible. That is, and that is the world now. No, oh my, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So again, why is everyone so obsessed with this trial? Because she is just a person. She's just like yeah. you or me, but everyone was sucked into it. And um, as you've pointed out, she's aggressively plain, right? 
It's the way she thinks an innocent person would look. Right. Is how yeah. she's dressed, which is, I, I feel like it's insulting to innocent people. I'm personally, I feel attacked. Okay. I feel weird. Do you feel, I feel like she's coming for us and I'm not, I don't really like it. So let's go through the crime, which is where Dateline starts. We sort of get this little preamble and then we mm-hmm. go straight into the crime and they go through it pretty quickly. We start with footage of Travis Alexander hanging out with his friends. I think it's a lobby of a hotel. There we go. And we see, (laughs) good job. Yeah. And we see a tiny blonde lady curled up in his arms. She's kind of on his lap with a pillow, but you can barely see her. Right. And we get an interview with a person named Chris Hughes and his wife, Skye. And Chris Hughes was Travis Alexander's work mentor. And they had some things to say about Jody. They said Mm -hmm. they liked her. Right. And they were really excited for him to find someone. We also meet Travis's former roommate, person named Aaron Dewey, who thought that Jody was a good match for Travis. So mm-hmm. we all know this is how it's going to start. Everyone yeah. loving Jody and not seeing what was to come. We now meet co-worker and best friend Chris Hall, who Josh questions immediately about the best friend status he has with Travis. Right. And we find out that Travis probably has a lot of best friends or a lot of people that would say he's their best friend. Or Right. Okay. I feel like that's a really good descriptor of someone because I know exactly who that person is. Right. Just really friendly. Also, really open because usually a best friend talks about all the personal stuff, right? Right. He's probably one of those people that shares really openly about stuff. And so people automatically feel close to him. Basically, I'm trying to say... Travis Alexander seems like a good guy. Yeah, that makes sense. He seems nice. I can see that, yeah. Josh tells us, and everyone tells us, basically, that Travis was charismatic, smart, and very successful at his job as an insurance salesman. Okay. I do have outside information on this. That the insurance salesman gig was a direct marketing company. Yeah. Have you ever been approached to work at a place like that? No, I don't think so. I've worked for I've I've had like two telemarketing gigs that I left within the day of getting hired. But not like joining but a no, team like, type job. Yeah, no, nothing like that. But that's come the closest. work under me and yeah. Okay. No, have you? Weirdly, I have not. Yeah. Someone sold me Cutco knives before. Okay. Which I know that's direct marketing, the knife company. Have you ever heard of them? They I, sort of- that was one of the things that I um, uh, sold over the phone, and that's why I quit. I was like, how am I going to sell knives over the phone? This is insane. So um, I assume that was maybe related to Cutco. Cutco. It must, it might be, but I don't know. I feel like Cutco was like in-person parties where you have knife parties. I have a lot of questions. I'm not sure, but I will say they're the best knives that I have. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Well, there you go. Isn't that weird? Okay. So we find out that Travis super charismatic, smart, possibly working for an MLM, but did well in it. Mm -hmm. And he's only 29 and he was doing pretty good at that age working for a direct marketing company. So... Travis, though, is known as a bit of a ladies' man. Of course, he's charismatic and handsome. That makes sense. But here's the thing. He's also a Mormon. So he's a ladies' man and a Mormon, which doesn't exactly go together. Not generally, no. No. And Jody was not a Mormon when they met. Right. 
but that's also kind of the attraction there. So okay. what Jody did is give him something that the good, wholesome Mormon girls that were in his orbit were not giving him, which is passionate, sexy times. Sure. And Josh says, you mean like over the top stuff to his roommate, Aaron? <laughs> and Aaron's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Aaron's got kind of big eyes. Such a funny line. Sky, the woman that we've met that was friends with Travis, tells us that Jody was like a drug and controlled Travis with her sexual wiles. So mm. that would make sense to me. I see. Okay. If he's if he hasn't I don't know. I think he's a ladies' man, meaning he's a flirt. I don't right. know how much he was actually out there doing it. Right. That's a good point. So yeah, he's a maybe Mormon. He, he, that is what I thought. I was like, I don't know too many Mormons who... I think it's it's really frowned upon. Josh talks right, right now they a little talk, bit. Yeah, they do. About the chastity law. Mm-hmm. And that there are repercussions in heaven yeah. if you don't make right with God. Like, maybe you're not going to heaven. I'm not sure what... But there's something. Yeah. There's a consequence to be paid mm-hmm. for this kind of transgression if you don't come clean with Jesus. Right. So I'm not sure how he squared this in his head, and I'm not sure if his friends knew he was doing it, or Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Regardless, he really, really wanted to not be doing what he was doing with Jody. I think part of him did want it, part of him didn't want it, and this leads to him kind of, I don't know, living a double life. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Dateline doesn't go into it, but they dated for a period, and then he started to break away from her, and that process was like a year. But there was a year between when the crime happens and when he started to try to break it off with her. I think that happened multiple times. Right, or there's like a a final event, and then there's some like unscheduled activity in that year, basically, I think, right? Yeah, he's presenting himself in one way. Right. Like, I'm worthy of marriage mm-hmm. to these good girls that he was trying to date. But at the same time, he's off doing it in secret with Jody. Mm-hmm. So this is pretty rough because it would be pretty painful if you were Jody to watch somebody basically go off and try to date women he thought were wife material right. and you were just hookup material. Yeah, that's, that's going to... I feel for her in that perspective, and I, I feel like that's awful to to be in that situation. It is problematic. Yeah, I wrote that he wants things both ways. Yeah, was exactly, exactly what I thought he was still seeing her, but trying to find uh, the one, the one wife one. Yeah, especially because she converts to Mormonism. Yeah, that's pretty. She converts, big. yeah, to his church to yeah. try to prove to him that I am worth settling down which is not great but then at the same time after she converts she's still sleeping with him so she is being the good girl and the bad girl yeah right which is what she thinks that he wants but it's it's not what he wants and also sometimes doing that changing yourself to be what you think someone wants can push someone further it just doesn't work yeah it just doesn't work you are who you are and they are who they are and you've somehow managed to reach an impasse. So he's trying to break it off with her multiple times. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, still sleeping with her. Yeah. Even though, so they're friends with benefits, which is not good. But then we get bad behavior on both sides. Sure. Because Jody starts stalking him. Right. And they don't go into it, but it was some pretty serious. Okay. 
transgressions on Jody's yeah. behalf. There were some slash tires. Okay. I think there were some threats. It was okay. it was no, not no good. cutting clothes. No, is that, that would be the worst for me. I think I'd be that 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 makes me crazy. That seems so strange to do. Is it because you'd have to rebuy it? Yes, it? yes. Oh, yeah. But also just, the, just the like trouble you'd have to go. Yeah, through. just like oh, I told you I had to cut my pants off one day because uh, I had a I had a cast put on and I was like super bummed. Not about the cast, <laughs> no, but the pants. But yeah. yeah, I hope it never happens to you. I hope no one ever cuts up your clothes. I well, don't yeah. don't do something that would warrant your clothes being cut up. Well, usually the clothes cutters are sort of framed as maybe having sort of extreme behavior, right? Like this isn't a fatal attraction. Y- well, yeah, I guess okay. that's they they do that that comes up. That reference is made here. It's in there, yeah. yeah. Although yeah. I've never seen it, so I still have don't. you not. I think I know I've there's s- a rabbit. I've seen it, but I was so young. That I don't really remember it. I remember the bunny kind of, but not. I don't remember the specifics exactly of it. Good. Let's move on. Let's do that. Yeah, it is a holiday. We don't want to talk about. Oh, it's not that holiday, though. It's the okay. other one with the Cupid. It's the one with the baby in the diaper. That's this holiday that the we're on. The right armed now. baby in the diaper. <laughs> the baby in the diaper wielding weapons. Yep. Wielding weaponry. Says, says love. So Jody, here's the biggest problem with her behavior after they break in this period of time where Mm -hmm. he's very much trying to break ties with her. Right, right. She, Josh tells us that she would threaten to end her life when he would break it off. Yeah. Which is really rough and speaks a lot any way you cut it. Uh Uh-huh. If it's true or not true, either one is not great. Yeah. Not great. And would be also really confusing for Travis would not know how to handle that myself. No, and especially not and not with his religion either. I don't oh, think he yeah. would know. I, yeah, it would be right. really difficult. That's a whole other angle. So, but Jody, we find out, is also living a double life, just like Travis. Sure. During this period, right before the crime takes place, she has been talking to another guy who lives in Utah named Ryan Burns. And sorry, mm-hmm. I should have said, Travis Alexander is living in Mesa, Arizona. Jody mm-hmm. is living in Northern California. This guy that she's on the phone with that she met at some work event, he's in Utah. And they've been on the phone four or five times a week, which is kind of a lot. But Ryan Burns gets an interview on Dateline. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, she's talking to Ryan on the phone in June of 2008. She just shows up at his house in Utah. Okay. Yeah. She's fine. He says she was smiling. She was acting totally normal. Nothing weird. She did have some little tiny cuts on her hands and Mm -hmm. some little bandages. Yeah. Interesting, but he said it was nothing too severe to be like, oh no, what happened? And this is pretty shocking considering what had just happened right. in Mesa, Arizona, where Travis lived. It's like the next day, I believe. Yeah, right. So at Travis's house in Mesa, Arizona, where he lived with a few roommates, his friends had been concerned about him and come to his house to check on him, do mm-hmm. a friendly wellness check. Right. They found him in his bedroom. He has a bathroom attached to his bedroom. They found Uh him in the shower deceased. Right. He'd been stabbed and shot and his throat had been cut. It was really bloody. There was blood all over the room. I don't understand the excess. It's total overkill and it's incredibly tragic. Obviously for his family, obviously for the friends that walked in. Yeah, worst nightmare. 
Yeah, and he's 29. Right. It's in no way okay for this to have happened. Mm -hmm. Cops show up, detectives show up, and the most important evidence that they find, Travis has no sheets on his bed, and so they go to the washing machine and find inside are wet sheets and a Sony camera. Yeah. Obviously, somebody's trying to hide something. There's also a lot of details left out about the crime Mm -hmm. here. So again, if you're looking for full crime details, lots of people that that cover it. Yeah. In depth. Like I said, the Dateline, Dateline's really focused on the trial here. So Skye and Chris, the work friends of Travis, immediately suspect Jody. Right. On, yeah. like, on the 911 call, people are saying Jody's name. Yeah, it's, that's it's, that she's makes sense. number one. She'd been acting kind of wild. Right. She'd been doing this stalking thing. And I'm sure Travis was complaining about it. Talking like, about it a little right. bit. Yeah. So the person that didn't think Jody did it or Jody was involved in any way is Ryan Burns, whose house she went to. Right. She was at his house the day after Mm -hmm. he said that she wouldn't even kill a spider on the wall she was really worried that it was god's creature right you have a standing order for spiders in your house uh they are not kos (laughs) moths are kos flies because of your clothes you're very concerned about (laughs) your clothes which i need to tell all the people online jake does not have a closet full of armani suits and cashmere sweaters (laughs) Jake has dickies, yeah. t-shirts, yeah. and bands. Yeah. But they will be crisp. No the, holes. The, the moths, uh, the way they perpetuate, I can't get rid of them. You know, that. so that's why they die on sight. Uh, I think for me, if I was seeing 16 spiders every day, yeah, spiders got to go. I see one every couple of weeks. Eh. Hopefully you're eating the other... Bugs I like less is usually how I feel about it. Yeah. So Aaron Dewey, the roommate of Travis, said that he was also not really suspicious of Jody at all because he Mm -hmm. gave her a ride to go see the cops when she had her interview. Right. She was totally normal. By the way, Mm -hmm. Jody is the one that contacted the authorities to, to see if they wanted to speak to her. Oof. Yeah. Talk about hoisted on your own petard again this whole thing should be called forget alternative titles jody acts innocent uh-huh. jody's innocent act yeah because she thinks that innocent people would do five or six things mm-hmm. ha- number one have brown hair as yeah, plain right. and as non-shiny as you uh-huh, can get it uh-huh nondescript glasses with some sort of a clear rim yeah i was gonna say i mean she, does she have glasses in any other photos No. (laughs) No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, Um, she may have worn contacts and then decided to wear... The color palette henceforth shall be beige, Mm -hmm. grayish, and off-white. Uh-huh. Because off-white means innocent, but not that innocent. I love off-white. So, (laughs) she goes to talk to the cops. She's getting a ride to the cops from Aaron Dewey, who suspects nothing. She's like, I haven't seen Travis in forever. Yeah. I I mean, everything's good. It's just, this is wild what happened. I wonder what happened. Mm -hmm. She gives that same line to the police. Yeah. Right up until... She's arrested and booked. Right. So, 
that's when her story changes for the first time out of a couple of times. But one story that doesn't ever change is the story of a great company keeping us all supremely comfortable and giving back to the community in a big, big way. That's right. Bombas. Bombas makes thoughtfully designed clothes that make you feel super cozy at home, make you feel supported during outdoor activities that sometimes people call sports, and also make you feel really good inside knowing that every item you purchase, they donate to someone else that's in need. Socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the number one, two, and three most requested items in homeless shelters. And that's why for every comfy item that you purchase from Bombas, they donate another comfy item to someone who is currently unhoused. Every item Bombas makes is seamless, tagless, luxuriously soft. Bombas make the clothes that you'll want to cozy up in all winter long and all spring long and all summer long. I'm a year-round Bombas gal. Bombas is the company for all seasons. They use the softest materials like merino wool, pima cotton, even cashmere, which makes for the perfect cozy wintertime layers. I am obsessed with every pair of socks that Bombas makes with merino wool in it. I think I'm up to four or five right now. They are so soft. I never want to take them off. And the Bombas slippers are the bomb too. They are soft on the outside, even softer on the inside, thanks to Fuzzy Sherpa. Basically, you're just going to have to pry them off my cold, dead feet because I love them that much. Merino wool socks and t-shirts are ultra soft, super breathable, never itchy, and make them perfect for winter sporting activities, also perfect for cozy, just relaxing and watching a movie. If you're also into these winter activities like, I don't know, skiing, snowboarding, maybe you're a winter jogger, I see them out there on the road. I know there are people that do it. Bombas also makes temperature-regulated clothing so that you can feel the most comfortable while doing what you love most. So what are you waiting for? Go to bombas.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash date dateline and use code date dateline at checkout. Bombas, 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 Bombas. Thank you, Bombas. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you're at your best, you can do great things. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you can feel overwhelmed. Sometimes I literally wake up overwhelmed at my to-do list. Does anyone else have anxiety first thing in the morning? That's something I talk about with my therapist. And she has been giving me so many amazing life tools in my tool belt to help me have the confidence that I can take on my day-to-day life and the bigger issues in life, because both can be equally stressful when you have anxiety. Sometimes my mental health is great. Sometimes my mental health is not so great. And on the days it's not so great, I really dig into that bag of tricks. I also give myself grace, which is something else that I'm working on with my therapist. I work on meditation, breathing techniques, and changing the way your brain thinks, you know, because some of our brains run a little bit differently. I think that therapy could be a great tool in your tool belt. And BetterHelp is super convenient. It's flexible. It's affordable. It's totally online from your home, which 
who wants to leave their couch? Nobody, not me. If you don't click with a the therapist, you can switch at no additional charge, and you can sign up in minutes with a short questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash dateline today to get 10% off your first month. That's better H-E-L-P, help com slash dateline help we all need some better help thank you better help okay so yeah. back to jody's story that she hasn't been in arizona right she's never met travis no i'm just kidding she hasn't been in arizona she hasn't seen travis in a really really long time that's mm-hmm. her first story and we're about to get her second story yeah. except we're absolutely not because when we come back from commercial break they zoom us forward in time and now we're at the trial yeah we see prosecutor Juan Martinez talking about this love gone horribly wrong. Josh Mankiewicz tells us that analysts, specialists, technicians all took the stand showing the hard evidence of the crime and therefore showing Jody's guilt just by the right. literal hard evidence that was on the, at the crime scene. There was her hair, DNA, Jody's bloody handprint on the wall, which they cut out the wall and brought it into trial like yeah. it's Perry Mason. Or one of those trial shows. Is this your hand? I don't think they needed the wall. Right. Yeah, definitely not. You could just have a photo of it. Yeah. It's the same effect, I feel like. I mean, bringing in the physical wall. Four to five. So we're talking, this went down in 2008. We're yeah. now in 2013. That's a five-year-old bloodstain, physical bloodstain on a wall. It probably doesn't look like anything. Do you know what you I mean? You are 100% <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's completely an optic stunt. It does seem like they they were essentially burying her with physical evidence. Oh, yeah. Which, of course, doesn't exactly work out like how they thought. I assume maybe that was an attempt to get a like a a sort of to not. I mean, they were already at trial, so I don't know what's the point. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, no, I think Jody was going to insist on a trial. Anyways, no, I think definitely at the beginning what their hope was is they could plea out or that she would be guilty. Yeah, yeah, right. But no, they were deal. never going to give her a plea, actually. Yeah, I know. That's what it seems like. It seems like they're. It seems like Juan Martinez specifically is looking for, you know, the death penalty. The family said, we want this to be a death penalty case. Right. Okay. Our main evidence in this trial is going to be nope, not the wall. Although I do feel like that was good evidence. Yeah. That camera, the waterlogged camera in the washing machine, the deleted photos, Mm -hmm. yes, deleted. Right. She had deleted the photos and thrown them into the washing machine. Thinking that the water would make the phone, or sorry, the camera inoperable forever the end. No, ma'am. Yeah. I guess that might be some 2013 thinking. When you're like, you don't quite get how digital, it's all permanent. There's always a record of everything you've done at this point. But what was the status of the cloud in 2013? Yeah, I think like the cloud was like sort of just starting to roll out cloud-based stuff. Like I think the cloud-based stuff was definitely here. And I think there was a lot of talk about the cloud, but I still don't think people realize like, oh, everything has always been attached to me digitally that I've ever used digitally. Let's also talk about how we just recorded an episode and I lost it. 
Where was the cloud for me then? I don't know. The cloud sometimes isn't there for you. The cloud also doesn't support my dreams. So yeah. here's what the cloud showed was on the camera. The camera was, by the way, all of these pictures are time stamped. Right. On June 4th, 2008, here's what the prosecution contends. Jody showed up to the house, had sensual relations <laughs> with Travis Alexander till around five and all this time, they're taking sort of sexy pictures of each other. By the way, all of these sexy pictures are shown in trial. That's awful. That's, that's rough. Including, by the way, this very famous picture of Travis in the shower. Now, don't say anything. He's making a face. Yes. It's a very close-up shot of his face, and he sort of has his arms up under right. his at his chest yeah what kind of face is he making what's the emotion that the face is portraying to you i think he's mad that she's taken pictures because a they're not supposed to be together b he bought that camera for his trip with his new girlfriend and he's like she's like oh let me look at the picture of this cove i want to see our picture that we took there and they're like what is this though why yeah, are you, what is you know, this? what are these scowly pictures of you in the shower? Like, it's he doesn't want any part of and this. And then who, whose is this hip bone in this other picture? <laughs> well, sure. I mean? mean, I didn't know that, there were, that they were that explicit. I think they're pretty explicit. Okay. Yes. And that's not in the dateline. That was other information given to Jake already. But yes, they he is supposedly the next day supposed to be going on this work slash pleasure trip with a new flame or a possible right. new flame, something right. like that. What do you think he's doing in the pictures? I have no idea. Okay. he. I think it depends on what you want him to be doing, is right. what I think. Because I think at certain points, I thought he looks scared. When right. people say he looks scared, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I think it could be a pouty, sexy face right. if you're looking for that. I think uh-huh. it's just what are you looking for? What emotion do you need, do you need in that moment? That's what right. he's doing. right. Yeah, it's like the Kuleshov effect. Explain that. That's this Soviet filmmaker in like early 20th century did this experiment. You learned about this in film class. And essentially what he they, he did is he took the same image of a Russian man deadpanning the camera and he juxtaposed it with a bowl of soup or a baby. And I think the other one is like a, a was an older was an elderly woman. And so each time you see it, he's like, oh, he's sad for the baby. He wants to take care of it. Or like, oh, look at that poor man. He's so hungry. It's like an editing idea. Essentially, one image plus this other image equals a third idea in the viewer's head, right? That's what they were trying to prove. So the sort of same thing is happening here. You see what you want to see. You see what – you see potentially what they want you to see, but you're not aware that you've done any work. Does Got that make it. sense? Yeah. Okay, no, that makes sense. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. I don't remember what context they're showing this picture right now. I think the only content, like context that they're showing the picture in trial is to uh-huh. be like, this was the last picture taken of him. Probably so. Unfortunately, it's not the last picture taken of him mm-hmm. because here's what happens. At 5, remember, she shows up at 4 a.m. At 5.31, we get an accidental shot of the bathroom ceiling. And one minute later, we get Travis on the floor, his neck 
is bleeding mm. and there's a woman's pant leg in the forefront of the photo and they say it can only be Jody, Jody's pant leg. Now, that means between 5 and 532, mm-hmm. he had been stabbed 27 times. His throat had been slit pretty severely. Right. And he'd been shot in the head. Right. So, and also, it was determined, I don't know if this was in the dateline, that they could not figure out exactly what the cause of death was. By gotcha. I was going to say, why was he shot? That's what I don't understand. There's three methods of murder here yeah. at play. So I don't understand why three. I can see the stabbing and then maybe the cutting because one wasn't working or something. There but have been seems... various reports on this. Okay. So it really depends on what you're watching, what podcast you're listening to. Gotcha. I have heard something along the lines of he just kept, he wouldn't die. Okay. And so he was like the Terminator. He kept getting back up. That was supposedly something that Jody herself said, which is uh-huh. really callous and horrible. Right. And I'm hoping that's not true. Unfortunately, I think the person that said it might have been one of the, her cellmates. It's okay. not great. Yeah. Okay. So this is a preponderance of evidence. And I think that what happened was Jody was presented with some of this evidence. I think the cops let on to her what was going on before they actually made the technical arrest. Right. Remember, she's in the interview and then she gets arrested. So I, I and she's honestly, under no obligation to talk to them. Right. No, she could not she could lawyer up. Right. Good luck I, with all that evidence. Gang. Yeah, I'm really curious about those interviews, and I mm-hmm. would like to watch them to see what happened. I think she really did believe she could talk her way out of this. Right. So, uh, yeah, that seems to be the case. Or her way out of it. Yeah. So, remember, before we're now back to that second story that she told about what happened that day, that first uh-huh. story. She'd never been there. She'd never, she met Travis right. once at a party. They didn't know each other. Or it mm-hmm. wasn't that bad, but it was, you know, sure, she hadn't right. seen him in months. Now, in her orange jumpsuit, in the interview room, she's telling a completely different story. She was actually there. She was mm-hmm. totally there, but she had nothing to do with this murder because it was actually a home invasion. Oof. And Travis had been killed by a masked man and his female accomplice also masked. I like that. She th- throws a little feminism in there. I know. I love that. It was <laughs> so a, funny. a couple. They it's were a couple. Ki- and Travis was killed by a masked vicious angry couple who like overkill right they left jody alone right exactly unscathed yeah she's scratches on her hands little bandages of course yeah that's fine but this is ridiculous to me because the third story she tells actually if she had switched the story i think that i think the trial would have been a lot more difficult yeah i think you're right i think i think if she were to lead with this narrative the one she tells in court or this is the pivot I mean, this is pretty classic defense. It's hard. It's hard. You know, you the invasion. Seen, yeah, the invasion. They can't. No, the invasion is nonsense. I'm talking about what you're talking about. Oh, the third. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like a mix of Casey Anthony and a few. It's like she had five years to think about it and came up with something that might actually work. Mm-hmm. Okay. But she forgot that she also had this home invasion story on camera. Yeah. Interesting. Oof. So really, what? The main point of Dateline showing us these interviews, though, is we get to see these outtakes, I guess right. they could call them, from the interview that are, were never shown to the jury. And I wish they had been shown to the jury. They didn't need it. The jury didn't need sure. these. But it's Not wild really. to see because 
First of all, she tells the cop before she's arrested, one of the ways she tries to smooth schmooze the cops is she says she's lived her life by the Ten Commandments. But, you know, there was no thou shalt not fornicate. The fornicate is the worst thing to me because it's like such a church word. You know what I mean? Nobody's, I don't even know, is that even a technical term? Or yeah, I mean, It's sure a church it word that starts with an F. That's right. on purpose. Right. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's an Old Testament word. Right, exactly. Sure. But I'm like, is it a science word? Now the sheep shall fornicate and we will have a new flock. Or is that like, it just sounds, it sounds so churchy to me at this point. It sounds very Old Testament. Yeah. So I think that yeah, is, yeah. I don't know. It's Fornicators. Yeah. <laughs> that's, is that a band? I'm sure there's a band called the Fornicators. Oh, I'm sure. Like, come is. on. It's, we're late in the game. Yeah, okay. So anyways, two by fornicators, though. Okay, that's a little better. TM, just in case. I got to take them where I get them. Yep. Anyways, right before she's getting arrested, the cops leave her alone. Mm -hmm. And she does, Josh says it much more eloquently than I'm about to, the Shambhala Shirsisana, which Mm -hmm. is the yoga pose where you stand on your head. Mm Mm-hmm. That it annoys the snot out of me. I don't I, know why. For a lot I'm of reasons. Flexible. Number one, yoga. Number two, I'm flexible. Number, I just don't, all of it bothers yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I see also, I you see can it. calm yourself down without doing that. That's a, that's showy. It's right, showy. You're right. It's yeah, I, I kind of read it as dissociative behavior. Like it's inappropriate. And, you know, like maybe she's just spitting out in the moment. But yeah, it is a, it is like kind of like not a normal reaction. Like you could try some breathing exercises. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm going to stand upside down real quick for this camera that is not on, right? That camera's not on me, right? Oh, man. <laughs> so now she makes a request before booking. She really wants to clean herself up. Yeah. And then she, we hear her say to herself with the cops are out of the room, should have worn makeup today, Jody. Gosh. She said, gosh, gosh, you should have um, um, won. No, I'm almost positive she says, gosh. That makes it worse. Why does that make it worse, too? Because she won't, she refuses to take the Lord's name in vain, but she will straight up murk a fool who won't, like, settle But she's down also with her. fine to commit Californication. You're welcome. You're welcome. And then, then we see her mugshot, in which I can't do the. (laughs) She's got a shoulder up. She's got this little smile on her face, and is really clearly wearing makeup. Yeah. Who is that for? Posterity. Yeah. It's a weird vanity thing that is. Don't take a smug shot. That's what that looks like. Smug shot. Smug shot. Right where she's a little smug, and it's like you. You're here for murder, yeah. girl. You, I want to get this over with as po- as quickly as possible, so I try to look as, as contrite as I can immediately. Right. I'm torn in, up inside, and this is the face of contrition. And I'm going Please. to plead guilty and yes. not put his family through a four-month trial. Five, five years trial. from now. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, five years from now. They're going to have to wait. For a five-month trial five years from now. Cool. Right. (gasps) All right. So now let's go back to court. It's time for the defense to present its case. Here's what they do. They put Jody on the stand right away. And Mm -hmm. Jody is on the stand for an unheard of 18 days. That's 
very That's crazy. not normal. Uh-huh. I know why they're doing it, but it's not normal. Right. Well, I think that's the only, like, paper to the rock of evidence rock of love? that they've oh. presented, right? You see the my analogy, right? It's rock, paper, scissors, right? They've presented, like, boosh, here's all this evidence. Yeah, Talk your way out of, of evidence. It. And so our paper... Is 18 days of testimony. They're throwing a bunch of crosstalk into the jury's mind. Like the jury has all this hard evidence, and then they have 18 rambling days of testimony from Jody Arias to contend with. That's just going to mess your whole thinking up, I think. I I think it's literally crosstalk. I don't think, I don't know. I okay. honestly, here's what I think. I think they thought at best Jody is going to get on that stand and be so charming that at least one person's going to fall for it and we're going right. to get a mistrial. And that's all they need. Right. We're going gotcha. to get a mistrial. Okay. Or at the worst, we're going to save her from the death penalty. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the things that happened the way they did was because it. this is a death penalty case. Mm-hmm. Maybe but so. But also, it's the family that requested the death penalty in mm-hmm. this case. Mm-hmm. The preponderance and like the circumstances have to be a lot more to right. get that kind of a ruling, and they yeah. know it. So the defense uh-huh. knows that like mm-hmm. we put Jody on the stand for eighteen days. Right. No one, or maybe some people, but we're going to get a few that won't be able to do it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So. This is now time for Jody's story number three, which I think she should have given to the police right after that booking when she told them about the home invasion that didn't happen. Right. She admits to killing Travis. This is that moment that we're seeing with the brown wig slash her natural hair color at the bear slash box hair dye at the beginning when she's saying she's admitting to stabbing him, admitting to killing him. She says she killed him, but she says it's self-defense, which is the, of course you're, you should say that. Definitely. Right. Unfortunately, you're besmirching him in front of his entire family, and it's cruel, and it's horrible. Right. But this is the only way that you might convince someone that what happened that day happened the way you said it did, not the way that the prosecution... Because everything still stands. Bloody handprint, all that can still stand. You're just painting a different story, right? Exactly, right. Um, Also, we have no idea. We literally have no idea what the dynamic of that relationship was, other than we know it was a broken relationship. That's all we know. It reminded me at certain points so much of Depp v. Hurt. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a lot of what people were saying during that trial, mm-hmm. which Kimberly would not allow me to talk about. And I know that there's strong feelings on both sides, but you can't deny, no matter where you fall on mm-hmm. who's what, what's what, that relationship was broken. Yeah. Doesn't matter whose fault it was. Yeah, yeah. Broken. Yep. And then also, they both had incredibly different stories for the same events. Yeah, right. So you don't even know. Really detailed stories. Mm-hmm. That kind of juxtaposition in that case was the thing that really fascinated me. Mm-hmm. Two people just telling the same story right. completely differently over and over. They hit you with another film school once, Rashomon, right? How dare you? <laughs> no, but it's Rashomon, right? The Rashomon structure, which is like, I don't know. Yes, I'm trying to think I know of... Rashomon. Kimberly okay. and I have talked about it. Okay, good. It has to do with the staircase, that case. What, okay, uh, gotcha. Right. Okay, that it does. It does. What is it? What is it again? It's a movie where people tell each other about 
a murder, essentially. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. And so I, you get like several different versions of the murder in the movie. Unfortunately, in Jodi Arias's case, her story is complete hogwash. Well, I think it's complete. In my yeah. opinion, Jodi is lying about a lot of these items okay. that happen here. Okay. So here we go. Now we meet Ulysses Farragut. I don't need to tell you his name, but his name is Ulysses Farragut. It sure is. And I was into it. All of the, the whole thing. All of it. You All you were it. into him? If you were a character designer and someone was like, yeah. design me a lawyer, you'd be like, boop, and you just present a picture of that guy. But not just a lawyer. Yeah. Maybe a defense attorney who is licensed to practice death penalty cases. Right, right. Ulysses Farragut. Just the suit, the gaze. The like hair. The, the gray temples. All like of the, it. Yep. All mm-hmm. of it. Agreed. The whole thing. And I might be biased because I have Ulysses the cat. Right. But still. Yeah. It's pretty good. Okay. So he's just consulting on the case. He has nothing to do with the case at all. But he does have some good points to make. Mm-hmm. So the defense takes off with Jody on the stand. They go into immediately her history of experiencing some possible abuse in the home. There is mm-hmm. a story about her father using a belt for the first time, her mother carrying a spoon in her purse. This is a widely contested topic. Right. On the internet. And I'm assuming at trial, we don't know. We'll never know. This is what Jody said. Her parents are at trial. Yeah. I don't know. Uh- and they didn't – I don't think they've ever commented on this specifically. They went there out of their way to say in the episode that the parents have never given a comment on the abuse that she alleges. No, but if you want more detail on the parents, go ahead and go watch that Cellmate Secrets. Okay. Because one of the cellmates actually got pretty close to Jody's parents. Uh-huh. And has some opinions on it. Okay. Interesting. They're her opinions. Right. But they're really interesting to see. And it does – Tell a very different side of the story. Now we move can, on to whether or not Jody was being sexually. Now they didn't say abused. Most of the time they right. said used. Okay. Not abused. It was okay. used by Travis. Mm. And I think that the answer to that is pretty clear. So she goes on to tell some stories about meeting him in a hotel room and feeling basically like a, a P word. We yeah. now use the term sex worker. And then they do play a very steamy phone call between them in court. Right. And they play like the tiniest smidgen of it. And I was like, "Uh, I don't even know if I need to hear any of this. Did they play the part where he says he makes the comment about the 12-year-old girl? No. Okay. Did they play that anywhere? Did they talk about that anywhere in No. Basically, there's like – they have – b-roll i believe of like a tape running so you know yes it's a tape. always yes <laughs> and then they have some printout of the conversation but i think josh is talking over it and then that fades out really quickly for only her response to one of the comments in the conversation so you get you hear her voice on something about being dirty it's okay, something maybe. about yeah, like, yeah, you yeah, make right. me feel so dirty yeah. or like, you are dirty or something right. like that, yeah, something which is like clearly that. also said in a very playful way. Right. This conversation is not no feel like one person's not into it. Yeah. It's not like, hey, man, you're like making like the way you treat me. I feel degraded. You know, it's not like that. The thing is also both can be true. 
I guess you that's can true, feel right? degraded. Like she could have felt degraded by and a lot of this it, behavior, in a joking, but she's flirty also right. playing into it because uh-huh. she does want him back. Right. Right. Both so, of yeah, these you're, things you're, can you're be totally true. Right. Mm-hmm. The best thing that she could have done is be honest about mm-hmm. that, being like, "I did all this." Because I just wanted him to like me. Right. He wasn't that into me at this mm-hmm. point. And mm-hmm. so I was doing all of these like very over the top yeah. sexual things so that he would oh, come right. back to me. Yeah. Jody also describes that she had physical altercations with Travis. Now mm-hmm. we're into physical abuse. Right. One altercation she describes was about money. And she talks about it in great detail, Mm -hmm. that her hand was injured in this, but she does show her finger. Her finger is a little misshapen, her her ring finger. We don't know if he caused that or not. We don't see medical records. Now, we didn't see the whole trial. Right. They could have had someone come in that showed that it was from two years, you know, that year. Yeah, that's what I was, I was literally wondering about that. I was like, there is a risk in them doing that. In that the prosecution can run that lead down. Okay, so who treated you? Where were they? Can I want? No, you know, I want the records. That kind of stuff. Can't you? We yeah. just saw this last year in uh-huh. that other trial, and okay. literally, they're not she, able to do that. No, she can just say, "I didn't go to the hospital." Okay, gotcha. Which, unfortunately, well, that makes sense. I guess is not great for either side because we don't know right. either way. Right. Right. But also, that's your right to not go. Yeah, because I know there's like rights, but there's also privacy rights in regards to oh, your no, medical no, no, history no. and she stuff. She so would be able. No, no, no. She okay. would definitely. But also, the problem is again in this case, if you're lying about a bunch of other stuff mm-hmm. and you bring in a claim like that, people are going to automatically, even if you're not, they're going assume to assume it's a that lie. you're lying. Okay, right. gotcha. And so gotcha. now we go to the day. That Travis is killed. Jody shows up at Travis's at 4 a.m. Like the prosecution claimed. Again, mm-hmm. why at 4 a.m.? Just yeah. wait till 9. Right. She says that everything was really fun, playful, sexy time using Travis's new camera. But here's what happened in her story. Now, this is the third story. She drops the camera. He yells at her and body slams her on the tile. When she's getting up from the tile, she remembers that Travis keeps a gun in his very, very incredibly large and swanky walk-in closet. Yeah. She runs in to get it. He chases her in there, lunges at her. She turns and shoots him in the head. At this point, he keeps coming for her. She breaks away. Is he coming for you or did he grab you? You can't break away from somebody who's not grabbing you. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't like that sentence because that doesn't make, I can't, it breaks the visualization. He needs to come for you and grab you and then you break away. So, sorry, that's just, it's a trick that liars do. Does that make sense? You're not completing that action before you're moving to the next action. Right. No, I get you. So, that's not saying she's lying. It's just saying that. But it is kind of a tell. It is. If If I was on the jury, I would pick up on that right away. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. He's lunging at her after she breaks away, saying, I will kill you, Bisque. Mm -hmm. And that's the end of her memory. Okay. So she doesn't remember stabbing him, and she doesn't remember dragging him into the shower. Because Travis's body is found, again, in the shower, and it was believed by the prosecution that possibly his body had tried to be cleaned up. 
Mm-hmm. So no, and this all happens essentially in his bedroom because we're talking about a walk-in closet. We're talking about a bed area, walk-in closet into the bathroom. Right. So I'm just saying there was some dragging when it's essentially the same his room. His room was set up like a hotel suite. Yeah, exactly. There's a closet, right. there's a yeah, bathroom, yeah, and there's a one bedroom. What did you think of the story? The third story? It's hard for me. I don't think anybody knows anybody like their partner. And like, I, I have a hard time disputing abuse allegations because I don't think you know. And I think, like you say, that is two true. things can be true. She could have killed him. She could have killed him with malice. He still could have been abusive. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. But the thing is, the, and the thing that makes it harder is she knows that's hard. Uh huh. Right. Exactly. And then she seems acutely aware of all of the kinds of levels in which she can am- manipulate all of her messaging. And manipulate a jury. Try to yeah, manipulate right. a jury. Right. Which is probably why this trial was the hot ticket in town. We find mm. out at this point that someone had actually scalped the ticket outside for two hundred dollars, which feels like shades of Debbie Heard. That uh-huh, courtroom uh-huh. getting in was like a fight every day. A juror was released for unknown reasons midway in the trial. Comes back the day after they were released to be an observer. Yeah, because she just needed to see the rest. There were so many live streams and feeds. There, I mean, it's all the media covering so, this, the way 2013 exactly ca- could. It was covered in all those ways. This is, I think, what makes this case ultimately a standout special case. Because I can't – when I look at this, I don't see why it trended the way it did. People murder their loved ones all the time. It is a sad fact of life. And they do it for all kinds of reasons. So why this one? I don't understand. I think this is Facebook has maximized their ability to get in front of the eyes of basically every human being that they can. Mm. And so every everybody's grandpa, everyone's kid, everybody's, you know, aunt twice removed has access to the same stuff. And they all, all of a sudden have a take and a place to put it. So I think Facebook and Twitter are both like cresting in popularity at the time at, of this trial. But why is and that this stuff case is chosen being, over all of the other I cases think it's, out there? Uh, it's the same sort of random factors that cause all kinds of things to go viral. All kinds of things go viral all the time. People don't know why. Okay, so you think that if Jody looked like she did in trial and this happened... Uh huh. And it didn't happen when she looked like she did before. You think that's it, really? I don't. Think I it unfortunately is. think this is a little bit of a pretty blonde girl you scenario. Do. Okay. Who kills her boyfriend in a heinous, right? Pretty horrible overkill way. Pretty terrifying. Yeah. There's religion involved. Right. They're goody two shoes, quote mm-hmm. unquote, for sure. the mass public. You uh-huh. know, Mormons are pretty straight laced. Yeah. This is a horrific crime. And then she acts kind of wacky. Right. In And those interview things were released. But I think the point, like, the whole thing is that, like, she essentially takes to Twitter the alternate social media platform that's the biggest deal in 2013 to essentially cross-program people's 100%. opinions. That's so another like, part of I it. I think there is, like, so some... So this case, right, 
aspect of it that is like that social is media had a huge influence social on this. The same way that the Pam Smart case, people had opinions on that because it was the first televised case. Right. But I think there's a, I usually think when things like this happen, there's a technological aspect that is you've been helped to amplify it. And I think that's what's happened here. And I think what you've got is like the perfect storm. Maybe so. I Maybe think you so. have what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think you have blonde white girl mm-hmm. in her 20s. Right. Horrible crime. Right. And then an incredibly salacious sex part of this. Right. Which was uh-huh. on display. And so time. all that stuff was like sort of cataloged. All of those pictures. In the news all and stuff. of that okay. stuff. Gotcha. All of that. That entire phone sex conversation was played in trial. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, so that I think could you have a super a sexy aspect to this. Storm. Yeah. I think you've got all of it. Yeah. All of it. And it all makes for good viewing, right? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm using that in quotes, but you see what I, it's. Yeah, yeah. The thing that stinks about something like this is a Jody led moment. Josh has a really good line in this segment. People just couldn't get enough of boy meets girl, girl kills boy. Right. And that's a perfect way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I caught that one too. But now people get really hostile about their opinions. And mm-hmm. this is when we get some of the defense's witnesses. A right. psychotherapist comes up for the defense and uh-huh. defends Jody's claims that she was sexually used mm-hmm. by Travis. And she's a pretty good witness. She's fairly calm. There's yeah. nothing wild about, you know, her testimony. Right, right. yeah. It's totally normal. She gets attacked on the internet there's a petition to stop her from speaking at conferences and then something happens with her book yeah this is what i'm talking about like this is why i think this is like a social media proxy war is -hmm. what we're looking at here is that like this is brigading and this is exactly a new thing that nobody knew would happen and nobody knew how to deal with it in 2013. I, now there's limitations, but you still sort of see it. But like you can't go on Amazon and be like, I don't like this person, so I don't like their book and downvote. But that's exactly what happened to this witness. No, you absolutely can still do that. You Look can at still what do happened it? to the witnesses in the Depp v. Heard trial. Okay. That one guy was obliterated. In 2013, this woman wouldn't have even been able to see that coming. Right. That's now, what I'm saying. That's even my point. some of the people in the Depp v. Heard, if you haven't experienced a ton of online trolling, you don't know how bad it can get. Right. And, and it and can I, get yeah. gross. Yeah. But you might not know that until that happens. In 2013, I see that as being an error. In 2022, whenever the Dev V. Heard trial is, I see that as being yeah. a failure of the online marketplaces. No, it's brutal. And especially because people came after this woman and her book is literally about why battered women stay with their abusers, right. which is pretty informative. Yeah. But the nice thing is, there's no mudslinging on this company that just provides amazing products to make your hair great. No PC bangs, no brown wig, just awesome hair products to make your hair look and feel incredible. I'm talking about Kitsch. Kimber, tell us all about it. You guys know that normally Katie talks about beauty products, but... New year, new Kimberly. And can we still say that in February? I'm still gonna. And this is the year of beautiful Kimberly or feeling beautiful Kimberly. And lately I've been loving kitsch. 
Whatever your budget, skin, or hair type, Kitsch believes you deserve little indulgences at affordable prices. I'm going to tell you about the products that I'm obsessed with. The Heatless Satin Curling Rollers. They are so easy to use, but make it look like you put a lot of effort in, which is the best life hack ever when you're super lazy but look like you tried. Number two, the satin pillowcase that is vegan and cruelty-free, good for your hair and your skin while you sleep. Highly recommend the Bridgerton print, even though I've still never watched that show. I hear it's really sexy. Number three is the satin cap for sleeping. I'm obsessed with it. I really feel like it helps with the frizz around my hair. And now I just can't sleep without it. So I have to bring it everywhere to my parents' house, everywhere. It's like my number one accessory. I really love my Kitsch products. They're really good quality. They're reasonably priced. Highly recommend you guys try them out. Right now, Kitsch is offering 30% off your entire order at mykitsch.com slash date. That's 30% off everything at mykitsch, spelled M-Y-K-I-T-S-C-H.com slash date. One more time, that's mykitch.com slash date for 30% off your order off already low prices. Come on, guys, get kitschy. Thank you, Kitch. If there's one thing that Jody Arias could have benefited from in this trial, it's the importance of being at the very top of your mental game. I think there's a protein bar out there that would have given her mush better testimony. Look, your brain is your number one tool, which is why Mosh protein bars were expertly formulated by top neuroscientists and functional nutritionists to support optimal brain health. Mosh is a mission-driven company founded by Patrick Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver, with a portion of all proceeds donated to support women's brain health research through the Women's Alzheimer Movement at Cleveland Clinic. We love a company with a cause. Mosh has six delicious flavors. Each bar comes packed with 12 grams of protein and all kinds of brain-boosting ingredients like ashwagandha, lion's mane, collagen, and omega-3s. At 160 calories and only one gram of sugar, Mosh bars are the guilt-free snack that your brain and your body will crave. I'm really trying to eat healthier in 2023, guys. And what's better than something that makes my body healthy and my brain healthy at the same time? And you can't go wrong with flavors like cookie dough crunch, chocolate crunch, blueberry almond crunch, peanut butter crunch, peanut butter chocolate crunch, all the crunches, all the yummy. I put my brain on overload just thinking about the deliciousness of these flavors. So don't settle for a mediocre snack when you can nourish your body and mind with the fuel it needs to succeed. I mean, whether you're at the gym, on the go, editing a podcast, just living your best life, Mosh Protein Bars will keep your brain and body fit, fueled, and feeling mosh better. Head to moshlife.com forward slash date dateline to save 20% off plus free shipping on your first six count trial pack. That's 20% off plus free shipping on your first six count trial pack. And it includes all six mouthwatering flavors. That's the best. One of each. Love that. You can try every one. That's M-O-S-H-L-I-F-E dot com slash date dateline because we all deserve to feel mosh better. Thank you so much, mosh. 
Okay, look, Jody does not stay out of the social media fray that's happening around her. Sure, of course not. Uh, and now we get to meet Donovan Baring, who is Jody's Twitter handler. Mm. And I have some okay. information on Donovan. Because right, right. Donovan was Jody's cellmate that is in Cellmate Secrets, who was married to Tracy Brown Baring. Right. Actually, Jody officiated their wedding in prison. Got it. Wild. That's some crazy stuff, those three. They are very disillusioned with Jody today. They are. But their story is fascinating. Go watch it. It's okay. great. They had nicknames for each other. They were very, very close. Sure. And they really thought that Jody was good people until stuff started to get hairy. And. Mm -hmm. Basically, what Donovan would do, this is according to Donovan in this other series. She would call Jody okay. in prison. Right. Because Donovan was released from prison and agreed to do Jody's social media. Okay. She would have Donovan for hours read her every comment, every oh, tweet, wow. oh, and wow. then write responses on postcards and send them to Donovan exactly what to say back. So, say, 12 days later. Is that not wild? It's so it was, crazy. But it, it still wild. would take however long the prison, you're adding prison mail into the equation, essentially. Oh, yeah. So, what, what's that window like? Because, I mean, regular mail is probably about a week first class to send a letter someplace. So you got to give I'm assuming if it's something week. Jody didn't want to say on the prison phone. She would write it on the postcard. Right, right. Bananas. And Donovan was one imagine? of the people who was very close to Jody's parents. But they would have to be writing thousands, literally thousands of comments. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you only got 10 comments on that last post. <laughs> but you saw, they scroll through it in the B-roll. They show you writing all, every of, single uh, all of Jody's talking. Yeah, it's wild. But I mean, Ooh. yeah, yeah. And who was the name of the person who was actually handling there? Donovan Baring. Okay. Why? And, oh, and so Brown Baring, it's a hyphenate name. Yes. Okay, so gotcha. Tracy Brown Baring is Donovan's wife. Right. I heard Brown Baring and I was like, oh, what? sorry. No, no, it makes sense. Brown Baring, it makes sense. And they're sense. a fantastic couple, by the way. Mm -hmm. Their interview is so interesting. And they talk about Jody tattooing them. And like, uh -huh. they have, Tracy has a tattoo with actually Jody's name in it. And then a few of them have been covered and they go through that process. It's mm -hmm. wild. Okay. Anyways, okay. so it was fascinating because it really gives you an inside view of how Jody was even treated a little differently than other inmates. Okay. And how Jody would kind of manipulate some people around her to make her time there easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we now have footage of Josh out front of the courthouse talking about the Jody show. And I hate that. I you hate do? the Jody show because okay. it doesn't get to be about Travis and that bums right. me out. Mm -hmm. Because if I was Travis's family, this hype around her, because she's the one on the stand for all the days, Travis is gone. This would right. drive me nuts. It would feel yeah. like it's feeding a narcissist is what it feels like. Yeah, that sounds right to I me. I do not like that. So we see at this point Juan Martinez is signing someone's cane. <laughs> out front of the courthouse. Really? Yeah. Josh is talking to two sisters from St. Louis who talk about how surreal it is to see the trial in person. That's just, it's wild, y'all. This is our Hollywood, in quotes. This is not what you should be dreaming about, guys. 
<laughs> like you should have, I don't know, a respectful distance from this process. This is a family. This is someone yeah. done. This is yeah. also not even what we did last year with two celebrities yeah. going at it. Yeah. This is not that. I know this is like a kind of old guy thing to say, but I do think that's not, don't tailgate a murder trial. Get off my internet. Is that what you were going to say? No, I don't mean that at all. No, I don't mean that at all. I just mean don't tailgate, don't party. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not a YouTube Don't party on the tragedy. Just stop. We do a thing here called Was That Shade? Uh-huh. And yes, I think Josh knew exactly what he was doing with this uh-huh. interview. Uh-huh. Yeah, Josh probably is so. very smart. Yeah, yeah. And knows that this that. is not cool. Mm-hmm. I think there is a respectful way uh-huh. to sideline these cases, to uh-huh. watch, uh-huh. and to have opinions, and to be interested in how a trial happens. Yeah, totally. But- Josh puts it perfectly right now, and he says, this isn't a TV show. Uh This is a murder trial, and the stakes are literally life and death. Yeah. Someone has already died. Maybe another one will, too. Mm -hmm. It's not law and order. So... Jody's also, we go into now, we go into the Jody's appearance, of course, as we can all tell, has drastically changed from the pictures we're seeing mm-hmm. to this very sort of meek person. We call it the blessed are the meek. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that? It's a. Well, know I know what the, the beatitudes blessed, are. Yeah, I know blessed are the meek. Okay. For they, for shall, they shall inherit the earth. The earth. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the look that she's going for. But her demeanor has also changed in this mm-hmm. trial multiple times because okay. she's on the stand for so long. Right. And Josh talks about her and Juan Martinez kind of going at it. He's not going to let her off easy. And also she was on for 11 days with the defense. That's a mm-hmm. really long time. Juan Martinez confronts her that her memory of her sexual escapades with Travis are incredibly specific but she has no memory of stabbing Travis 27 times. Right. Now, it's effective a little, but it's also right. ineffective because if, again, I was on the jury, I'd be like, well, lots of people aren't going to. That's trauma. That's, yeah, right. Your mind is funny. Yeah. But she fires back at him when he says this, and she says she can't think straight when men are yelling at her uh-huh. like him or like Travis, and it makes her brain scramble. Yeah. But Juan is not done. After that, the gun used on Travis, it is the same caliber gun as now. I had a lot of questions about the yeah, gun this because was pretty damning. We don't get a lot of information mm-hmm. about where was the gun found? No. So the gun is the same caliber as one stolen from Jody's grandparents' house in Northern California, where she had been living at the time. Yes. And the gun was reported missing like a week or two weeks before this crime. By the way, it was right before and it was the only thing stolen in this robbery. Wait, so there's a staged robbery at the grandparents' house? That's that's not in the episode. That's oh, okay. So they believe it was staged. That's what Juan Martinez is leaning towards. That's so interesting. Instead of just having the gun just disappear from the drawer it's secreted away in. You know what I mean? 
So, it's but real it, bizarre to do it this way. Why is she so, so good at some things and so bad at others? I don't understand. If you're good enough to know that, hey, if they find out that the gun was stolen, they're going to know exactly which gun. So I need to make it look like a thing. Also, is so this, that yeah, and if this is Travis's gun, sorry, but if this is Travis's gun, did does he have records of owning a gun? Right, exactly. That's my point. Like another thing that a good team is just going to run this stuff down. They're oh yeah. Like, oh, he's got a gun. Let's look through the gun records. Where was it purchased? Is it exactly? Was it legal? So it's a it's weird. It's weird what she's doing, and I don't think she's particularly in control at this point. Now oh, that that's we've talked point. about this, I think she's trying to be in control, but I think she's sort of spinning out and bl- blowing it a bunch of times. So what do you think of this next thing that happens then? This is the point when Jody mm-hmm. finally breaks down in right. the trial. Right. Juan Martinez is going after her and she starts crying. I'm saying that term loosely because we it's not confirmed. Sure. She does admit during this breakdown to slitting Travis's throat uh-huh. and to stabbing him in his upper torso, but she's admitting it while hiding almost right. her entire face behind her hair. She's tilted her hair forward mm-hmm. and her hair is coming in front of her face and she keeps putting her eyes up. Yeah, We can't tell if there are any tears. Well, I mean, we kind of can, though. How can you tell? You can't see any liquid. I mean, tears but if she's you cry sniffling. for a Right. I don't know. I mean, I think that's the whole, that's like the intro set piece, right? That Mankiewicz sets up about how, like, you can't see the tears. It's a call, this is the callback, right, to the setup. I, I think the point stands, like, you cannot see tears. She is holding and there is no fluid. So, I mean, she might also just be so sad that that's the closest a cry, this is the closest she can get out. You know, I think. That's relatable, but yeah, it does seem like once someone's pointed out how performative is, it's hard not to see it as performative. 100%. And Josh puts it perfectly. He says, Jody initially tried to lie her way out of it, but now was she trying to cry her way out of it on the mm-hmm. witness stand? And yeah. I thought that was brilliant. Now we have a forensic psychiatrist not involved with the case discuss her diagnosis of borderline personality, mm-hmm. which happened during the trial. Mm-hmm. She does not do well with abandonment or rejection. We've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Again, this was something that she was diagnosed with during the trial. So I'm not sure when she was, who met with her, what, how right. the diagnosis happened. This is just, I'm giving a fact. Mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of a crazy thing. Because while she's still on the stand in Arizona, apparently there's some sort of statue where the jury is allowed to ask questions to Jody directly, not right. directly, not like they stand with a microphone, but they're allowed to give questions to the judge and the judge can read them. And they seem to apparently read them all with no editing whatsoever. It seems like that's their right as the jury. This is amazing. I would yeah. love to be able to ask questions. Okay. I think this is incredible because, but the one thing that it does do is it gives the defense and the prosecution kind of, but really the defense a leg up and tells them where they're at. That's true. It's a temperature check for sure. It 100% is, which definitely plays into his closing argument. The lead or one of the lead attorneys on her team doesn't even ask for an acquittal in his closing argument, which is unheard of. He asks for basically, this is go for yeah. manslaughter. Yeah. Is right. what he tells them. And then he does say something which is nine out of ten days. I don't like Jody Arias. Right. That was funny. 
Juan Martinez reminds people in his closing how much Jody lied. She lies. She lies, folks. Remember, she lies, which is not a bad point to hit home. Yeah. So now the jury need to go off and deliberate. It's time. The trial has finally ended. She's on the stand for an unbelievable 18 days, but the trial's four months long. It's an epic trial. Yeah. They need to decide if this was premeditated and it's first degree murder. And right now we get the crowds outside the courtroom going nuts. Yeah. And they come back. At a guilty verdict. Yeah. They come back with a verdict of guilty. Yeah. First but doesn't that when the crowd goes nuts, they like all. Lo- oh, yeah. Like OJ. But it's not like OJ. <laughs> no, OJ was nuts depending on where you were because it was completely mixed. No, this is everyone just cheering. But OJ was yeah. like all over the country. Right. Yeah, but this is people showed up in Mesa, Arizona. Yeah. And Jody does show a little bit of emotion on the stand. Uh, mm-hmm. I was surprised, actually. She does seem like genuinely upset. She's not crying, but she's mm-hmm. upset. Mm-hmm. And then she gives an interview immediately following her verdict mm-hmm. to Fox News. And she really does not do herself any favors right now right she says i believe that death is the ultimate freedom so i would like my freedom as soon as i can get it mm-hmm. basically she's asking for the death penalty right and then of course she's immediately set on suicide watch so the death penalty josh tells us that two different juries deadlocked on right. whether the crime met the standard for death Mm-hmm. That is 100% correct. I mean, she was not sentenced, I believe, until 2015. Gosh. The decision was then handed to the judge to make the call, who decided, right, April 2015, that she would receive life in prison with no parole. So let me tell you something really quick outside. Mm-hmm. That death penalty, that when the first jury hung on mm-hmm. the decision, mm-hmm. they had to retry the entire case. Really? There was this whole second trial. Oh wow! Yeah, crazy to get the to, for the sen- the sentence portion. Yeah. So, are we talking about the same? Yeah. Evidence Witnesses. presentation. Yeah. Mm, same like multi. From what I could tell, it oh, seemed like so that was an insane. entire second trial. That to, seems nuts. And they still hung, but this time I'm pretty sure it was eleven to one. Mm-hmm. Was the second? So one person held out. Okay. To hang the jury. Mm-hmm. The judge said she would receive life in prison without parole. And yeah. you know why the judge said that? I kind of Because do, you yeah. made that comment. Uh-huh. I think also, th- I don't think if the... Sometimes sentencing is straight up handled by a judge. Straight up. Depends on the law, right? Yes. If the policy is that you can only sentence someone to life with a jury trial... And a jury trial, two juries couldn't agree. I don't think a judge would feel empowered. Does that make sense? I think 100%. But I think also, you don't say that you want death. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They don't want to give you what you want. Right. Depending on how they feel about you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not smart. And then we get a little tiny spurt of information here at the end about Juan Martinez getting a misconduct complaint. That was fast. This whole this little postscript on Juan mm. Martinez was It was so fast. But it was fascinating. It, ultimately, he lost his license due to th- events during the related trial. to this trial. A million six years ago. Yeah. Do you think it's possibly just got too involved? He got too close to it, maybe? And made some bungled choices, some personal 
I think this case made celebrities of all of them, what kind of a celebrity right. it is. Right, And right. I think just like Deb V. Hurt made celebrities mm-hmm. of all those lawyers, mm-hmm. good or bad. Right. So I think that what happens sometimes when that happens is it's hard to not let it go to your head and mm-hmm. try to get away with a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That's kind of what I was thinking too. But there were a lot of eyes on him. Uh-huh. So who knows if this is stuff that happens all the time and he just got stuck for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, know. right. Fair. Yeah. Like his communications that were deemed inappropriate with the dismissed juror. Yeah, could've, that could've, was that what he got. Normal. And then he leaked info to a blogger during the long penalty phase of the trial. Like right. I could see I think that's more transgressive than talking to a dismissed juror, but I could be wrong. I would like to know which juror it was, because according to what I read, three mm-hmm. jurors were dismissed. Oh, interesting. They just the said the one. And one was released like two days before closing statement. That's the one I think they're talking about because they came back. So they just came back to see the closing statements. I would like you know to I mean? know that too. Yeah, that was the narrative that And I that's had the juror that I'm thinking head. he had inappropriate that communication with. That's what I with. thought so too. I don't know, but I know that there was, I know, I will say this that what I read about the blog about the trial. Uh huh. There was actually a lot of problems uh-huh. with him being so popular. There were they. There was one point where the judge called each jury member in individually to ask if they had seen Juan Martinez signing autographs or taking mm-hmm. pictures with people out front because it right. was deemed like very inappropriate. Yeah. Again, this is a murder trial. This is not a civil lawsuit. Mm-hmm. This is a murder death penalty case. Well, yeah, and Juan Martinez is not a public defender who is trying to get his name out there because that brings him business. He works for the state. So you don't get to work for the state and be a celebrity lawyer. I don't think that – I think they're mutually exclusive goals personally, but – I, I think it's it's crazy. So he, anyways, he ultimately, you're right, gives up his license to practice law in Arizona completely because, oh, he was released after he's been released from the county office right. because he wanted to drop the misconduct complaint. So mm. that did it. Giving up his license just drops the complaint. Right. Complaint. Oh, yeah, that's what they said. Like, oh, he was he never admitted anything. But I'm like, all kinds of investigations drop like a stone because the person resigns. That is oh, like, yeah. sort of how this works. And he right? never had to admit misconduct. And you never have to admit or no. have anybody do any kind of investigation that will go on any kind of record. You're done. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So justice, yes, ultimately served in the longest, most roundabout, most difficult kind of way for Travis's family. Right. Yeah, exactly. My God. That's really brutal. Jake, do you have B-roll Bonanza? The tape when there was no tape involved. The tape with no tape. The, the yeah. tape graphic when, like, you know, there's no actual reel that has someone who's threaded through a reel-to-reel oh, yeah. tape deck, but they still use that graphic that, you uh, missed jody with the hot air balloons then i didn't miss jody with the hot air balloons and That's i B-roll. wondered well i only saw stills so i thought no, stills count as b-roll stills count as b-roll okay so then yeah then i have a couple my favorite is the couple photo of Jody and Travis that's low angle and it's blurry. It looks like a Charles Peterson sub pop album cover photo, if you know the aesthetic. 
But, no. And that's and oh, okay. Well, like the cover of Nirvana's Bleach is a Charles oh, Peterson there we go. photo. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, and there's something about the color that's it's a little uh, Wait, desaturated. Wait, Bleach? Bleach. So the black okay. and white. The black and white. High okay, contrast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Charles Peterson would take photos that were a lot. A lot of times they're out of focus. Or like he'd have like a really slow shutter, so there'd be a lot of like streaks on light on them and stuff as part of his aesthetic. And that thing literally looks like it's like a band press photo taken by that guy. Oh yeah, it's like they show that that photo of the couple a couple of times in the episode. So yeah, I had that obviously the hot air balloon B roll, and I was like, whose idea was it to get up at the crack of dawn? And go watch hot air balloons fly. Theirs. Off. Because she was there at 4 a.m. Do I have to keep... Right. 4 a.m., Jacob. I just can't. Okay. Yeah. You're not yeah. coming in. <laughs> Do you have a bag of egg McMuffins? Otherwise, right, you're exactly. not coming. And they're piping hot and I have to eat it right now. Yeah. Otherwise, you're not coming in. Yeah. What about the chain link pictures? I don't remember those. She's in the red tank top with a... Looks like a Batman-ish logo. Right. Okay. Keep going, keep going. Green chain link. Yeah. Like a chain link fence with a bright green, almost a green screen background. Right. One, she has a cardigan. One, the cardigan's off. Okay. One, the cardigan's like half on. <laughs> yeah, I didn't catch I those. don't know what those pictures were for. I had a right. lot of questions. Yeah. Why? Take Number the, one, let's why? Take, oh, a torn fence. What a boon. Let's take a photo in front of it. But I didn't see any picture of her clinging to the fence, which is right. what I want That's to see. That's the classic one. If you have a chain link fence behind, right. I want to see arms on yeah. the fence. You mm-hmm. turn around over the shoulder. Yeah, exactly. If I'm not seeing that, you didn't do it right, You have Jody. missed an opportunity. Lots of shots of the Mormon temple. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't know which one it was. Yeah, I don't know. Donovan Baring. Throwing darts. That's the best B-roll of the whole thing. You think? The dart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the bar? We don't always get bar stuff. So is there a shot of them throwing the dart and it hitting? Is it throw, cut, hit? No. Okay, it's throw and it hits. Here's the thing. I'm 90% positive that Donovan is a bullseye person. Right. Yeah, I was wondering. I think... I think it's a shame they didn't show. There is a point in my life where I could probably hit what I wanted to on the dartboard. I'm way out of practice, but there was a point where I played like a a lot of darts. You lie like Jody Arias. I do not. I had a dartboard. It's it's before your time. I had a dartboard in my kitchen and I would drink beer, listen to records and play darts in the evenings. Really? No. I just want to be cool. Uh, I don't know if it was cool, but I was just like, I was sort of into darts for a little minute. Darts are inherently cool. Are they? Okay. Also very appropriate for Valentine's. Oh, wait, no, that's arrows. Okay. Close though. (laughs) Yeah. Fashion police. Okay. Well, obviously Ulysses Farragut, the whole thing, everything, just all of it. I'm going to write him a citation for excellence. I'm going to pull him (laughs) over. (laughs) Like you do it. Excessive excellence. You're doing it well. You'll have to pay a fine. Sorry. That's how this world works. What about alternate titles? Yeah. Beige sweater and brown hair, red hot passion. (laughs) It's pretty good. I have way more than that. What else? What was I trying to say here? An Arius view of the world instead of an aerial view of the world. Okay. I was trying to go somewhere. Gotcha. Fornication station. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's good. Sorry, I thought of that while we were recording. Okay, okay, wait. And then one more. Joe Deception. 
detected. What? Joe Deception. So Deception. No Joe de- Deception. Joe detected. Deception. Okay. Yeah. Joe Deception detected. Like as if she took a lie detector. Right. Gotcha. It was hard to get there, but I, I yeah. did get that, there. That joke would work really good in print. I would know what you were saying immediately, I think. But, it, but is it my like, accent? No, what just I was, I was like, <laughs> no, it was like Joe Deception. Joe, Joe Deception. I know it would look Decept- great written like, out. Okay, yeah, but, that, I, yeah. that still counts. I yeah. like it. It does. Princess it does. Fine. All right. Yeah. What else you got? I have well, the one tweeting through it through Donovan. I have the one. No, I have just the one tweeting through it through Donovan. Tweeting through it through Donovan. She tweeted through it. Do you know the phrase? I don't. What does oh, that mean? Oh, it's like if you're having a hard time and you're just tweeting through it. Kanye recently has tweeted through a lot of things. Oh, so she's tweeting through it. Through, through Donovan. Do- through Donovan, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can I ask you one question before we leave? Do you think yes. she did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you guys are mostly right. I think you, I think most of these people have characterized her correctly. I, I don't have like a wild, you know what I mean, take that like, oh... No way. Yeah, I think she probably did, and I think she probably tried to lie her way through it. She pivoted a bunch of times. Like, her lies are iffy. You can tell, like you said, certain types of ways she tells lies make me think they're lies. Well, yeah. Everything's really detailed. It's a problem. And she gave a lot of interviews. Uh Uh-huh. She seemed to very much enjoy the sort of notoriety that came from committing this horrible crime mm-hmm. and that really bothers me right she did 48 hours you know what i'm saying yeah yeah of course. i don't think she was given the chance to maybe do dateline i mean she just yeah yeah i don't necessarily know why you'd want to give her a platform she's got a platform you the, know, the smug shot really says it all yeah it's weird it's a, it's a lot of weird optics in her case it's so a lot like, of weird how optics did you think that was gonna play exactly Great. She thought it was going to play great. (laughs) Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's a miscalculation. Yeah. And I also, I don't appreciate the complete change in look. Uh Uh-huh. That offends me. Yeah. I just don't know what it's like. Yeah. Who knows? I think she probably got some advice on that, too. I don't think that was totally her. Yeah. But I know that if I was a jury member and I saw her in trial. Uh Uh-huh. And then I... No, I'm going to see all these pictures of them as a couple. Mm-hmm. They're going to show that. They're also probably going to show the smug shot. Mm-hmm. They might even show, I mean, it's just that makes you look like a liar without you even opening your Right, mouth. exactly. You're giving them too much material. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. This was really good to get your opinion on. It's a fascinating case. Right? Yeah, I I'm mean, gonna have to a- watch these other other episodes. For sure, of the docs watch you the mentioned. cellmates. The cellmates one is on the top of the list. That sounds the tattoos alone are worth it I'll because bet. she one of the one of the roommates I believe has eight done by Jody. Okay. Who also went by the nickname Songbird. I, Does Songbird use a gun or is it like a stick and poke type situation? I don't know what they have in, in, in Yeah, it's a, Oh, they go through it. I'm not going to, I'm not ruining Okay, it. all right, all right. Everybody okay. should watch that, but everyone should also watch this Dateline. Josh Mankiewicz does a great job. It's a huge sort of weird foreshadowing of things that came and have come to be also right. with live courtroom right. stuff. But it's also just a... It's a fascinating case for a lot of reasons. Do you agree that she might be the worst girlfriend? 
I mean, I guess who could be worse? That's the worst case scenario for a relationship is... So next on the docket is Casey Anthony. (laughs) Could be. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, my Valentines. Have a good week. Be nice to someone. Be nice to everyone, please. Yeah, that's the way. I hope everyone's having a good start to 2023. Uh, I know I am. Oh, Jake's doing great. Doing great. Doing this podcast with you. Aw, thanks. All right, we'll have you back soon. Bye, everybody. Take care. Be your own. Be your own brunette. What can I say? (laughs) I kind of like be your own brunette, but uh, be your own boyfriend. Be your own bullseye. Okay. Okay, there you go. Bye. Bye. And also, not all of them are like a horrific scam. Not sure. all of them are sending you moldy leggings. There's different levels of direct marketing here. Oh, so moldy we leggings. just don't I'd be know. So mad! I, Somebody yeah. sent me moldy leggings. Oh, I'd be and you're back. trying to sell them? Oh no! Right at that man, Lula Row. Okay, so Lula Row, no, she better don't. You're welcome. I'll be here all night. Okay. <laughs> We couldn't get anywhere with Atlantis. I didn't try. What was Atlantis? We didn't try to get anywhere with Donovan. No. Doesn't Donovan sing? Oh, that would not be the go-to Donovan song, but yeah, he does sing that song. I'm not going with... Mellow Yellow is the one, Yeah, Mellow Yellow is the one, right? Yeah, but Atlantis is great. That one's really good. It's really good for stomping out Joey Bats when he'd been sassy and just came home from prison. And you had it with him. What is that? It's from Goodfellas. They kill they that dude Atlantis? to it. Yeah. Down below the ocean. And they're stomping on him. Where I want to be. Stomp, stomp. A, I was making fun of this all through the offer when I was watching it recently. Because it's like a Scorsese affectation. And I'm like, it's not. Oh, Scorsese really? has no affiliation with The Godfather at all. But they still have like. Punch, punch, punch. (laughs) You know, they just have have this like such a Hollywood trope now that you play like a 70s rock song and somebody gets beaten or murdered horribly. It's yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Marty. Excuse me. I almost choked on my Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. Hashtag not, not sponsored. I was going to say, that's not Dr. It is Dr. Pepper. Let me see the cover of it's that. It's strawberries and cream. Oh, that looks kind of nice. Do you like strawberry soda? Uh, I do, actually. This is what that tastes like. I do feel like Dr. Pepper is, is prune flavored. Let's cut the malarkey. And if you're going to make a strawberry and cream, maybe don't put it under the Dr. Pepper label. Can I ask you a question? Yes. What color do you expect this soda to be? Ooh, uh, probably pink, but it's probably brown, right? I was really disappointed that it was brown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I told Oliver before I opened it, I said, if I crack this can and this soda is brown, I'm going to throw a fit because I bought a 12-pack. Yeah. I don't particularly like strawberry soda that much. I mean, I like the Welch's, like, I like all of the Welch's I haven't had the Welch's in a while sodas i like grape soda and orange soda but uh-huh. i don't strawberries not my thing oh and i like pineapple soda sometimes yeah i like pineapple soda yeah, i like pineapple fizz you know what this if you mix this with pineapple soda and called it the tropical surprise mm-hmm. that's the business i'm a big fan of the multi-flavored uh you know fountain drink 
Me too. That's oh, what I like. I like to make them. I think it's from. I used to work at the th- movie theater, right? Yeah. And so I used to like to make a a, a multi flavored fountain drink. I don't want to use the the uh, the term because I feel like it's kind of probably cut. But I used to really want one of those crushed ice makers in my house, but oh, now yeah? I want one of those machines that has all the flavors. That's the touch screen. It's <laughs> quite a bit be... more expensive, I think. I want to see the back. Do you ever? Did you ever have to change out a soda syrup? No. Okay, so they come. Is in, it sticky business? It's it's very strange. It's actually can they're usually like a low level stickiness because the hoses and the boxes and everybody who touches all these things is always covered in soda. But it's not inherently sticky per se. But it's a box weighs about probably like 20 pounds and it's a bag of concentrated soda syrup so you like punch the end and you just got a little hole and then you get a little valve and you snap that onto the hose so you'd have to have what 25 boxes and hoses hooked up somewhere in a room for those touchscreen soda machines to work sounds like madness I need you to support my dream. <laughs> I I support your dream, but you also have to understand that you will have a soda box room. I think I'm okay with that. Okay. At this point, just so I you think know. I'm okay. okay. All right, gotcha. Yeah. I think I'm I think I'm okay. I think yeah. Can it be the same room as the cat's room? <laughs> you can probably put the cat box in there. You want cats That's what I mean. to live in there? Yeah, cat cat box storage but, and then the soda but mostly the soda boxes end. well you'd have i don't think you'd want the soda stream in the room with the soda no the soda boxes. stream can go in the garage oh okay i thought it'd go in the kitchen right next to the refrigerator no Life i think i'd use it way too much sustaining uh, no what size of a kitchen do i have no i can't if you have that. a touchscreen soda dispenser you have an infinite size kitchen You don't know what I've spent my money on. Maybe (laughs) the entire money went to that. 